Hi, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and Living Local, and brought to you by Bank ESB. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and here is your host for this episode of Business Talk. He's the editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here's George O'Brien. Okay, welcome everybody to another episode of Business Talk. Uh, we have a tremendous show for you today. I'm really looking forward to it. I say I can't wait to get started, but I will just one minute because we have an important message we need to hear from this month's sponsor, Bank ESB. Bank ESB is here for local business. As a local bank, we provide everything you need to thrive around here, including personalized guidance and business products like free checking and cash management services. Unlock your potential and learn more at bankesb.com slash business. Member FDIC DIF. Okay, we are back for business talk. As I promised, we have a great show for you today. We have with us Jessica Collins. She's the executive director of the Public Health Institute of Western Mass. Good morning, Jessica. How are you? Good morning. Fine. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay, it's our pleasure. Uh, Jessica is not just the executive director of the Public Health Institute of Western Mass, as important as that is. She is also one of Business West Women of Impact for 2021. Congratulations to you. Thank you very much. Okay, we're using uh, uh, the, the podcast to introduce some of our, our winners uh, and our honorees. Uh, by the way, the event uh, is coming up December 9th at the Sheraton in Springfield. If you would like to come and help us celebrate these women of impact, uh, tickets are available uh, on our website, uh, businesswest.com, or by calling 413 781 8600. Uh, we'll be happy to help you. Okay, the plug for the event is over. So back to Jessica. This has been a big fall for you. Uh, two Business West Awards, uh, yes, kind of, sort of. You were on the stage at the Log Cabin back uh, in October for our Healthcare Heroes event. You were part of the collaborative effort uh, for something called DASH, the Doorway to an Accessible, Safe, and Healthy Home. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, that was our, our collaborative health award, and uh, that boy, that was a crowded stage. There were a lot of people up there for that. But. Yeah, that's a that was a true team effort, and Colleen always makes sure to include everyone. So that was a really wonderful, wonderful event. And now you're back uh, just a few weeks later for our Women of Impact Award. Congratulations again. Uh, you're being recognized, obviously, for your work uh, with the Public Health Institute, and, and specifically for the way in which uh, you bring. Uh, groups and organizations together to tackle some of the more challenging public health uh, issues facing our communities. And there are a lot of those. So we're going to get to that in a minute. But tell us how you got into this line of work. You were a history major at at Wellesley, uh, (laughs) studying the the 60s and the the Kennedy era. And you, I don't want to call it a segue, but you, you kind of shifted into public health. How did that happen? Um, yeah, well, I grew up in a in a family that always health first and healthy activity first. And so it just kind of absorbed that and appreciated that as a way to um, help people be at their best. And so when I was younger, I really thought, geez, if everyone could lead a balanced life, we might actually be able to achieve world peace. Uh, So that was pretty lofty, but I felt like uh, making sure that everyone had access to uh, make healthy decisions uh, is, is critical. And so that launched me uh, into a career of public health. Where has that career taken you? Well, I traced the steps for us. Yeah. So, I mean, I I was able to uh, serve as a Jesuit volunteer in Seattle, Washington, 
1994, I was a care coordinator at the Chicken Soup Brigade, <laughs> which was a nonprofit organization in Seattle servicing people with uh, full-blown AIDS. And that was a, a very inspiring and eye-opening experience. Um, and then I went and joined the Peace Corps and I was a Peace Corps volunteer in West Africa where I worked with a midwife and a nurse at a very small uh, village clinic and uh, learned about maternal and child health. And that was an incredible experience. And then I came back to the United States and decided I wanted to focus on a more domestic um, kind of wellness, if you will, and uh, went to Tufts University and got my master's degree in U.S. food policy and got spent a decade working on childhood obesity prevention, uh, which uh, continues to be in a, a crisis, if you will, today. So lots still to do in that regard, but um, really have enjoyed talking and learning about collaborations to achieve community health. And we continue to learn and grow at the Public Health Institute, uh, you know, to do that. And you came to the Public Health Institute, uh, was that uh, 2015 years ago now? Is that right? Yeah, almost when it was Partners for a Healthier Community. Yeah. Right. So talk a little bit about this organization. And then I want you to, to go quickly into not just what it does, but how it does what it does. Again, these are difficult issues that you're dealing with. We're, we're talking, you mentioned childhood obesity, that that's one of them. Uh, asthma, that's just another problem that you've, you've tackled and, and we're going to get into some of the others. But these aren't issues that uh, one person or one organization or you know, even one city can, can attack. So tell us about how the Public Institute, first of all, what it does and then how yeah. it goes about it. Thank you, and I appreciate the opportunity to do that. So the Public Health Institute of Western Mass, uh, we do um, research assessments. So we do community assessments to understand what are the great things and what are the things that need more attention in different communities in Western Massachusetts. Um, we build coalitions, so we bring teams together to focus on uh, the issues that need a little more attention. Um, and then we do um, policy advocacy. So we try to always have a sustainable long-term solution uh, that will help support the public health issue we're focused on. Um, and we have taken on many different public health issues over the 25-year lifespan of the organization. Um, and basically, we pick the public health issue based on what people in the community, in the region are saying, uh, look, this is a crisis or this is a situation that doesn't have enough resources. We need to come together and focus on it. So it's basically our, our priorities come from the community um, and are worked on with the community. Mm -hmm. So can we get some examples of some of the things that you've worked on over the years, uh, some of the pressing issues, those complicated uh, health challenges sure. that I talked about? Yeah, I would love to. So um, going back to when Frank, Rod, Dr. Frank Robinson was the executive director, uh, we took on uh, the issue of preschool oral health. And that uh, basically the Western Mass region is a service shortage area for many um, kind of healthcare uh, issues, if you will. And so we work together with preschool organizations to figure out how do we get the little ones more uh, dental support. Mm -hmm. uh, 
we then took on childhood obesity prevention and we were able, so that one was specifically in Springfield, and we were able to create local environmental changes like a community gardening ordinance, um, complete streets policy, which supports bike and pedestrian activity. Um, right now, we're working on uh, asthma and have been for a very long time. We've already called out sort of a healthy homes uh, oper- uh activity and air sensor, air quality monitoring activity. Uh, We worked closely with Holyoke and Springfield Public Schools to make sure their indoor air quality wasn't exacerbating children's uh, asthma. Uh, And another example of what we're kicking off to date is youth mental health. And so we're in a discovery phase about what are the right strategies to support youth and families and how would we implement them um, together with the community. So talk a little bit more about uh, DASH. This is like a, a textbook example of, of how you work. Uh, yeah. You've got different so, organizations that come at this from, from different angles and can bring different things to the table. And, you know, collectively, uh, because they couldn't do it individually, they're, they're able to achieve real progress here. Uh, talk about the program and, and, and talked about uh, how it's helped Springfield and, and Holyoke. And over years, Springfield was at or very near the top of those lists you don't want to be on uh, for, uh, you know, most dangerous cities for asthma. I have to get exactly how the wording goes. But yeah, talk about DASH a little bit. So DASH is um, kind of a beautiful example of an evolving public health um, strategy. Uh, So like I said, earlier on in the Pioneer Valley Asthma Coalition, we worked directly with schools to support uh, young people with asthma. And so at the beginning years, we were looking at indoor air quality of schools where children spend a lot of their time. Uh, We then went on to bridge health centers, primary care, with those families with young people that had asthma. And the more that we learned and talked to those families and listened to when families were showing up in the emergency room, we realized, wow, a lot of the exacerbation of asthma was happening when they were at home. And what was, so it led us to ask the question, well, what is it about the home environment that might be exacerbating someone's asthma? And that has led us to the current stage where we are now, um, where we're, we were able to partner with groups like Revitalize CDC and health centers uh, in Springfield and figure out how do we assess someone's home, understand when their asthma is being triggered, and then basically remediate the home environment to remove um, what is bothering uh, basically the person with asthma. So each step we learn about more and more, what is affecting people with asthma? How do we mitigate that? Whether it's in the school environment or outdoor air quality or in their home. And then how do you bring different people to the table like primary care physicians and um, home assessors, et cetera, to, to have a comprehensive solution? So that's basically the story of DASH. And now Revitalize CDC has it in their program uh, to just do home remediation, um, et cetera. And we continue to refer uh, people to Colleen and she is um, working on that. Are you seeing progress? Are the numbers revealing that uh, we're creating positive change here? Well, we definitely, so it was a little tricky during COVID, to be honest, because people in general stopped going to the emergency room. (laughs) So 
Unfortunately, for one of our projects, we were tracking those two years very specifically to see if it did relieve some of the urgency and emergency situation for families. And of course, we did see an incredible drop because many of us weren't going to the emergency room at that time. But absolutely, the narrative stories that we hear from families about this changing their lives, um, about their children sleeping through the night, about not having to do the... um, the oh I'm blanking on the word the the puffer for the asthma not as much for their children I mean all of this really uh, it creates better quality of life for families okay okay you're listening to Business Talk a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local we're talking with Jessica Collins uh, she's the executive director of the Public Health Institute of Western Mass and equally importantly one of Business West Women of Impact for 2021. Uh, we've been talking about uh, what the Public Health Institute does uh, and what it has been doing. And I guess the, the next question is, is what's next? Uh, you mentioned uh, mental health specifically involving uh, the younger population. Uh, what can we expect and, and what are the, the steps in this process now? Again, we're evaluating this pro- problem and uh, figuring out how to attack it, I assume. Yeah. And so one of the things that's been very exciting about transforming into a public health institute is that we have been able to sophisticate our ability to look at data, quantitative and qualitative data in our region. And so we have been um, putting out reports uh, in various areas region to highlight where we do see Um, inequities. So basically, if there is a health indicator where one group of people is suffering from it more than another. And we many years ago put out a youth um, health report, which we had done in partnership with Springfield Public Schools and the Springfield Department of Health and Human Services, uh, where we called out youth mental health indicators, indicators such as being sad for a prolonged period of time or feeling hopeless or anxious And we called that out a few years ago in a report um, and just have been very uh, steadfast in trying to pull people together, get resources in order to have a more comprehensive approach of supporting these young people. And so we learned, um, and this project is specifically in Springfield, but we did hear from the community that things like having a community campaign that normalizes talking about how you feel Um, that makes it okay for people to say, you know what, I'm feeling really sad and I just can't get out of this funk or I've just been so anxious I can't focus on what, you know, I'm supposed to be doing. And instead of sort of maybe in many generations before and, and now, instead of kind of saying, well, you know, that's your problem and we all, su- you know, we all suffer from having the blues sometimes, we're really trying to say that we need to talk about this. But more importantly, George, Western Mass needs more resources with regard to supporting um, our region for mental health and behavioral health. And that is something that we want to take head on through this coalition work, that the fact that our young people sometimes have to be transported to eastern Massachusetts away from their families to get appropriate care and support is it's just not acceptable. So just like I shared with you earlier on when I said when we took on the oral health project, because there was a shortage of services for pediatric dental care, we're finding a very similar situation Um, in Western Mass for young people and mental health care. And I know that there is a ramping up of that, uh, but we need to address that issue for sure. Mm -hmm. 
You mentioned COVID earlier, and, and this is a, a broad question. Uh, we could probably go on for hours, and we only have a couple of minutes left. But uh, do we have any kind of understanding yet uh, how COVID has exacerbated uh, many of the already existing public health problems in this region and in this state? Uh, I imagine this is something that's going to be studied for years, if not decades to come. But are we already seeing signs, trends, indicators uh, of what what's to come and what's already happening? Yes, like you said, COVID-19 absolutely exacerbated, particularly for communities of color who already had, you know, lack of access to healthy quality food, lack of access to quality transportation, you know, lack of access to high paying livable wage, long-term career employment. All of those things were exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic. And I do want to call out that the enormous loss of life uh, for particularly in families of color will set back families for generations. Um, and that I think has not been highlighted enough, but, but to your point, we are gonna research, not we, but we as a society will research uh, the outfall of COVID-19. And I think we will find that that is gonna rise up as something that very much needs to be paid attention to the families that have lost someone and have now been set back uh, economically. So we're just starting to, to pull the data together on this or is this uh, something we don't well, even we have, have data on yet? We have more qualitative data. That's because, what I was saying, yeah. You know, but absolutely the quantitative data will come and I'm sure there'll be mapping of loss of life and, um, and that for sure will have to provide lessons learned and better mitigation uh, for the next time we experience something like this. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show today. That was uh, very enlightening. Uh, congratulations to you again uh, on being one of our Women of Impact for 2021. Looking forward to December 9th when you can take to the stage again and, and pick up another Business West Award. So, Thank you very much. Thank you for coming on. Okay. Thank you to all of you. This has been another episode of Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local, sponsored this month by Bank ESD. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West Magazine. Happy to have you with us. Looking forward to seeing you next time.